Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. It is a Monday right here on 1700, the champ. Jimmy B in D.C. Uh, we have Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report, coming up on the Hawks' loss at Penn State. But, Trent, it's interesting because now, coming off Iowa State's big win, they have now lost Zeb Nolan, one of their quarterbacks, as he has informed head coach Matt Campbell that he is going to transfer. I'm not really shocked by that. Where are you on this? No, not at all. And you can see certainly the writing on the wall. There were some rumblings and some murmurs about that. As uh, the week progressed last week and, of course, didn't show up then for the game, wasn't in uniform, anything like that. So this seemed inevitable. It seemed like it was going to happen. And, and here we are, Jimmy B, with the decision that he's going to uh, find a new home. And, and with it, an opportunity for him transfer wherever it may be, maybe somewhere closer to home down in his native uh, Georgia Sun Belt could be an option, something like that. But he'll find a home. He's a good quarterback, but... Just not as good as what we've seen out of Brock Purdy, the true freshman, and how good he's been. And you go back when when Purdy took over and took the job from him in that Oklahoma State game after the opening drive. He had all the right things to say. I don't think this is going to be a distraction. You don't have big concerns about that. But it's a guy, a quarterback, that wants to play and has the ability to play at the major college football level. Not a shocker by any means. And maybe a bigger impact was the news of Yazarike, uh, his injury, yes. going to be out eight weeks. I think that's certainly going to be a bigger impact to what we see on the field for Iowa State. So now you get what? Matt Leo, he uh, was the guy who came on the field and uh, played in his spot. That apparently is going to be uh, his position now. Uh, Leo's a, a guy who has been around, knows knows how to play. So do you think they will drop off that much with Leo in there? Or what's your thought on that? Well, the other thing, and this is a big part of the depth that they have been able to create create in the past with Iowa State, this would be a huge concern. When you lose somebody off the front, they haven't had the depth, depth to be able to sustain that and be able to continue playing at a high level. thought Leo played really well when he came into the game, but they have other options, and it's not just about him. It could be Tonga Boa. We saw a little bit of him including in the offensive package, but defensively, yeah. you know, he can do some <laughs> yeah. things over there. So they have other guys. It's not just about, oh, boy, we're in big trouble. That's another reason that this is so different for Iowa State this season, Jim. And, and let's talk about what we saw on Saturday, a game where offensively they were good. How about Montgomery continuing just to, to keep those feet pitter-pattering forward? He is such a physical runner in, in times where – there wasn't a whole lot of room. He was able to, when he needed to go and fall forward for seven instead of it being a gain of three. Instead of no gain, he'd be able to get three out of it. Just his ability to keep powering forward, he's so much fun to watch, Jim. I agree with you 100%. The kid is only going to get better. Uh, I, I just felt that now this team, meaning Iowa State, uh, feels like they are in total control when they walk out onto the field. And I think now that they believe, Trent, that they can win the remaining games on their schedule. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that confidence level now that Iowa State has both offensively and defensively is there. They're going to have to clean up some things on special teams. There's no question about that. You're exactly right, Jim. That, that special teams play continues to be a big, big concern. The block punt early on. Dunn had another shank in the game. We've seen that happen to him 
now a few different times throughout this year. Another missed field goal from Asali. It just on and on and on. A kick that went out of bounds. Just a comedy of errors out there. And second half, they were better. It seemed like they did clean them up. But you know, this goes back to a question that I had you know, going back to, to the bye week. And after the trouble that we had seen out of Asali, if it was going to be an open competition, I get it. You don't want to put you know, undue pressure on a guy if you really believe that he is your guy. And that certainly appears to be the case of what they have. But, Jim, I'm just left wondering with, with this squad if it's time to to give Robert Neverson at least an opportunity. Give him a shot. Look at the mm-hmm. schedule. You have remaining now in the schedule here going forward. Four games of the regular season, maybe five if Incarnate Word's not there or a Big 12 championship. But with the four-game redshirt rule, give him a chance. And maybe this is the perfect opportunity. Do it against Kansas this week. See how he reacts if it is close. And if it is, he becomes your guy going forward. If you need to burn the redshirt, so be it. But if not and it proves that he has some of the same struggles, you're not going to burn the redshirt year. I think a perfect opportunity to see what you got here with Narvison this week. I'm with you on that. I had thought about that, too, and I'm glad that you referenced that. Uh, yeah, you might as well take a look. And, and you know what? Uh, people are so excited about uh, playing Kansas because they're always the doormat football team, and they still are in the Big 12. But I was stunned that they beat TCU and the way that they were able to do that, Trent, and I, I tip my hat to Beatty and the coaching staff down there. Look, you and I, it, they, they've been laughable for years, and I don't know if they have turned the corner or not. I don't think that's quite the case. But at least they are now off life support and showing signs of you know making changes, which, which is good for the Big 12 Conference. Step in the right direction at the very least, because you're right, it's been incredibly ugly down there throughout time. And this yes. is a team that can run the football. Puka, I mean, he, he runs the football pretty well. Now, to do it against Iowa State, I think, is a different conversation. Jim, I got a question for you. I, I've thrown this out a couple of times already today. I asked Ken his opinion, and now I'm going to ask you, who has a better chance of playing in their conference championship game, Iowa or Iowa State? That's an excellent question. I think... Uh, Iowa State's road, I think, is a little more difficult. Iowa, to me, Trent, they let two good opportunities to showcase what they could do, get away from them against Wisconsin at home, and then over the weekend at Penn State. They were both winnable games, and they couldn't capitalize. Mistakes did them in in both of those two games. They will play at Purdue, and and Purdue, as we know and we've seen, uh, is really tough at home. In fact, uh, I think they're 2-0 and against ranked teams, and Iowa is still ranked. Uh, ranked teams uh, on their home field. I, I think that Iowa State, man, they could, they could win. They could run the table. I think Texas is problematic. D- despite the fact that Oklahoma State beat Texas, I still think they have to go to Texas. I think that that game would be their downfall in trying to make that run. So right now, I still favor the Hawks, but probably just by a slimmer margin. That's it, with the schedule that they have left. I think that's the right way to look at it. And uh, Iowa, with everything still in front of them, Iowa State, I, it's, it's a chance. The Texas game yes. still will be incredibly difficult. 
These next yeah. two weeks, though, take care of business, and we can dream. And we're going to flip the calendar to November, Jimmy B. We're going to be talking about two teams with a chance to play for a conference championship. You didn't have that before the year, right? No. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Look, we were... We thought Iowa, with the with the with the schedule that they got, uh, the softer schedule, and then they couldn't capitalize against the two ranked teams. But Trent, if they went out, what's Iowa's record? They're ten and two. Mm-hmm. If they went out, ten and two. The only teams they lost to were teams that were ranked when they played them. So I mean, that's still an incredible season for the Hawks. Now. If things go south again and they lose at Purdue, and if they get beat, say, by, oh, my gosh, am I really going to say this, by Northwestern, uh, I mean, then that that changes the entire dialogue. But as we sit here today, the Hawks could finish 10-2. and I think a real possibility. And as frustrating as Saturday was in the loss to Penn State, letting another one get away that you felt like they had a chance. To me, Jim, this is a a completely different game, though, in my mind, than the Wisconsin game. And I know a lot of people are lamenting both those losses for different reasons. Yes, I still believe that Iowa's a better football team than Wisconsin. And they had a chance to win that football game and should have won that football game in Kinnick back in September. This is different. Though there were opportunities there, Nate Stanley was awful. He played about as poorly as we have seen throughout his career. He's had other stinkers. This one is right up there. But Penn State dominated that football game for basically two quarters. And from the mm-hmm. middle of the second quarter on, they dominated. And Iowa made some plays, and of course the, the pick six by Geno Stone, had the football down six at the two-yard line, all those different things. But Penn State, they played really well for stretches of that football game. Those are different circumstances. You play, you play Iowa, Wisconsin, and Kinnick ten times, I think Iowa win seven or eight of them. You play that game in state at Penn State ten times, Iowa maybe wins four of them. And that's the big difference to me. But Stanley, obviously the big story, Jimmy Way, Jimmy B. What was your takeaway from Saturday? Um, I, I was disappointed in in just the the overall focus uh, on the offense. Look, they made they made some really good plays. Jim, they didn't score an offensive Trent, point, though. They didn't score an offensive I, point. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's where I was going to go. They, 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 they didn't score. I, I mean, they made some good plays, Trent, and yet they couldn't get in the end zone. I, it, it was, like, absolutely stunning that they were, you know, in that game. And yet they moved the football, but they just couldn't put it, punch it in for, for six points. Uh, look, I... Penn, Penn State deserved to win it. Uh, they outplayed the Hawks at the end, which what that's what good teams do. The best teams find ways to win, and Penn State did. And once again, I got to ask uh, Tom Kakert this when he comes up here in a little bit about Trace McSorley. Does, does he just have the Hawks number? I mean, he did it to him on the last play last year. Uh, in Kinnick, and then he comes up with, what, a 51-yard touchdown run and finds ways to bring Penn State back and win the game again. So uh, that's a question I'm going to throw at at Tom when he comes on the show. Winnable football game, of course, the play that will uh, live in infamy for a while. First and goal inside the five-yard line. There's a lot of blame that is going to be left here, and a lot of people just want to point the the, the, the finger at Nate Stanley, the play got in late, first of all. 
Play got in late. They mm-hmm. broke the huddle yep. under 20 seconds. I think it was 16 or 18 that they broke the huddle. Nate Stanley needs to know when you break the huddle late, though, that you can't change the play. Either you got to use a timeout there, and they had all three, or you just need to go with what you've called. You, you have to go that route and live to see another day. Throw that thing to the back of the end zone. Let it go if it's not there, but that's what you have to do. Play got in late. That's on the coaches. That needs to be quicker. But, Jim, there are a lot of different avenues here to point the picture. Game plan-wise, I don't think it was the best for Iowa, but Kai Sargent played incredibly well. Maybe more of him going forward. We're going to see about that. But to lay it at the feet of one person, I think, is a little bit much. There is plenty of blame to go around in this one. I'm with you on that, including some of the calls that were made from coaching staff and also from the players that were on the field. I agree with that uh, take wholeheartedly, partner. Jimmy B, we'll get a break. We're going to talk more Hawkeyes coming up next. Tom Caker is going to be joining us from HawkeyeReport.com. We'll get a look at what he saw down there. Speaking of the coaches, apparently Kirk Ferentz was trying to call a timeout before that interception to no avail. There's a, a shot of a referee putting his hands up to signal timeout and then didn't blow his whistle. Uh, that one will sting, no doubt. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins us next. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Wake up with the all-new morning show on 1700 The Champ. Taz and the Moose. Every weekday morning from 5 to 8. Real sports talk for real sports fans. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. For nearly 40 years, Amanda the Panda, a program of Every Step Grief and Loss Services, has offered the most comprehensive and ongoing grief support services for children, teens, adults, and families struggling with the death of a loved one in the state of Iowa. From Camp Amanda the Panda to grief support groups and fun days, the local nonprofit is here to help families find hope and healing. For more information on Amanda the Panda programs, visit everystep.org slash grief and loss or call 515 515- Two two three hugs. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100th Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. What would you call a toilet that cleans itself? Impossible? Magic? A pipe dream? At American Standard, we simply call it a Vormax toilet. Vormax flushing technology gets the bowl two times cleaner than standard bowls with just water and is available in a variety of styles and options. And listen up, plumbers. Now through November 30th, you can receive a $25 incentive on each Vormax toilet purchased. Enter code RADIO on myvormax.com to learn more on rules and enrollment. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing. Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. 
Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to CompleteAutoWraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at CompleteAutoWraps.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Build your business. At Sinorama of Ribbondale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Ribbondale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100th Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com slash ia dash and welcome back, everybody. We continue right here. 1700, the champ, Jimmy B in DC. Uh, Tom Cakert, he uh, comes on the program, and uh, you are familiar with him and his thoughts on the Hawkeyes. HawkeyeReport.com, always good stuff out of Tom. Tom, as always, welcome to the program. And let's begin where another failed opportunity for Iowa to truly make a statement against a ranked team. Couldn't get it done at home against Wisconsin. Now they couldn't get it done on the road at Penn State. Yeah, it was, uh, I think if you're on social media or message boards, uh, you could tell it was a pretty frustrating night for Iowa fans, and they probably should have been frustrated. I mean, it, they... You know, outgained Penn State, uh, ran 88 plays, possession was in Iowa's favor, um, you know, <laughs> ended up throwing for more yards, but that was thanks to, you know, 120 or so in the, um, in the, the fourth quarter. But, you know, it's, Nate Stanley just had a, one of those games that you just, you, you can't get out of a funk and, and he struggled, uh, 18 for, 49 and um and the result was uh you know iowa had you go back to two plays that really i think changed the game in a lot of ways first was his interception that was returned to what, like three yard line and then penn state pushes it in there to get a score and then obviously iowa with the chance to maybe steal one and uh panics and throws it and gets intercepted and that was the ball game you know a lot of arrows certainly being uh thrown at nate stanley at this point in time calls for the backup those kind of things uh, peyton mansell tell us where he is we've seen him in there of course the the play at the end of the first half he was out there in a special package they've son- done some different things with them but he had hawkinson open on that play he 
just more of a runner than a thrower right now. And there, if he does struggle, if Stanley struggles again this week, how quick will the leash be? Kind of a two-parter for you, Tom. Oh, I don't think there's going to be. <laughs> I don't even think there's a leash. I, I think they're all in on Stanley. And, you know, the other play, Stanley missed that fourth and one where he executed a perfect fake and Hawkinson was wide open. Uh, I think even uh, even Jim Brinson could have hit Hawkinson on that one for six. And I don't know. He just <laughs> overshot him, and uh, there's another seven points. I mean, Iowa, the plays were there. Iowa to win this game. Uh, I just don't. I, I don't doubt that at all. And um, and they didn't. But I, you know, and Mansell missed him on that play. And um, it's just, boy, it's just too bad because they they could have beaten Penn State and probably should have, but they didn't. And you know, credit to Trace McSorley. He made plays when he had to. That fifty-one yard run was a huge play in the game. I thought it swung the momentum a little bit in the second half and. They just did enough to win. Tom Kickard is our guest. Jimmy B and TC seventeen hundred, the champ. Tom, it's I get the frustration, but for the past couple of weeks, Nate Stanley was like walking on water with the fans. So just in one game. Is that why they turned the tide on him? The fans went uh, big-time backlash? Or is this a culmination of something else? What are, what am I missing here? I, I think, you know, I went back and and looked back in, in the column I write every Sunday night, and what did we learn? I look at him, road games against tougher teams. Now, these weaker teams, the Minnesotas, the Indianas, of the world uh, in Nebraska last year as a starter. He's completing 62% of his passes, throwing for 275 yards a game, has 12 TDs and two interceptions. Against these tougher teams, I, I threw Northwestern, Michigan State, Wisconsin last year, and Penn State this year, 45% completion percentage, 166.5 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. He just that bigger stage just hasn't been good for him. And there, I don't think there's any any way to get around it. That um, those That's how you kind of, for Iowa, they have to win those type of games. You go back to um, 2015 when they go 12-0, and they go up to Wisconsin, and they squeak out a win, and the defense makes a play in the goal line. Um, but they do just enough to win. And that that's what uh, Stanley's got to get over is he's got to be able to, to lead his team to a victory in those more hostile environments if he's going to get this team over the hump to be a, 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 a really good team. And those have got to come on the road. you got to be able to win those games. Tom, uh, we didn't see much out of Noah Fant until later on in the game. Hawkinson, you mentioned uh, some of the plays that were out there weren't completed to him. Was it a concerted effort bracketing those guys out of the Penn State defense. Was it, again, back on Stanley here? Because until the fourth quarter, I, you might not even know that Noah Fant was playing. Yeah, he. I, I don't know that he even got a target in the first three quarters of the game. They and had him for through. one, and I don't remember it. If it was, it, yeah. was, it was off target, the target. Yeah, it might have been one of those. It might have been the one that hit the uh, hit the uh, hit Herky in the uh, private area. <laughs> yes. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe it was that one. That might have been my favorite uh, highlight of the day. Yeah, <laughs> his best pass of the day was one that hit Herky. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I was 
kind of mystified, and and uh, you know, a few of us in the press box were they why aren't they throwing at the fans? And maybe they were trying to get him on track by going to Easley, and just uh, he's got a level of comfort with him that maybe exceeds anybody else. And he just wanted to complete some passes and maybe get going a little bit, but boy, I, I just don't see why you don't. Um, to me, Hawkinson and Fant should each get at least 10 targets every game. They're, they're your two best weapons on offense, and if you're going to throw the ball 49 times, uh, half those throws should be to those two guys, in my opinion. All right, down goes Herky. Down goes Herky. You're right, Trent. That, that probably was the best highlight. Uh, I, I'm, I'm watching some of the quotes now out of Purdue, and now the coach, I'm trying to figure out here, is is prone selling, uh, is is he sh- uh, like throwing shade on Michigan State by saying Iowa is better than Michigan State? Or for you, Tom, is that just coach speak because he has Iowa as his next opponent? Oh, that's coach speak 101. It's just, you know, it's like Hayden Fry used to do, you know, the the next team coming in is the greatest team in the you know it's like uh, Rockney's Notre Dame teams are coming in or something I and mean, that's just that's just how coaches speak and that didn't surprise me I mean he compared Rocky Lombardi to to Joe Montana today <laughs> for gosh sake thing you know, he's uh he's selling it pretty hard right now and trying to get his team motivated and uh because they've you know still got things to play for as well and uh I'm sure you know they'd like to get to Indy just as much as Iowa would, or Wisconsin, or Northwestern. Tom, uh, with that being said, and you kind of brought it up there at the end, there's still a lot on the table for this Iowa team. As frustrating as that loss was, as disappointing as it is in the play of Stanley, we could go on and on. But if they win out, I still believe they're going to be in Indianapolis. I think there's one, if not two, more losses. For Wisconsin, Northwestern's ahead of them, but they get them in Kinnick Stadium a week after next, right after Northwestern plays Notre Dame. And you talk about a meat grinder from Wisconsin to Notre Dame and then Iowa after that. I still think there's a ton in front of this team. What was the mood in the locker room, and what do you expect the mood to be tomorrow when you get a chance to talk with these guys? Yeah, um, I agree with you. There's just so much there for them because, in reality, they win these next two uh, I'm with you. Wisconsin's going to, they've got to still go to Penn State. They still got to go to Purdue. They're going to lose one of those two, maybe both of those. Mm-hmm. So if Iowa wins their next two games, they're in the driver's seat and they go into Illinois, who's awful, and then they get Nebraska on Black Friday at Kinnick. And I just don't see them losing either of those games if that's the situation that they're in. Um, I thought the mood of the team was okay. Um, I think they were a little frustrated because they probably knew they left one on the on the field, and uh, and, and they've got no one to blame but themselves. I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot. There were too many penalties, the false starts, uh, the offensive line probably had their worst game of the year, I would think, um, just in terms of mistakes and then uh, not executing on blocks and. Uh, you know, Stanley got sacked three times and had seven seven hurries or pressures, and that's too many. And I think that may have gotten in his head. And so, uh, you know, a lot of that was uh, up the middle, and that just makes it even more difficult when that's coming uh, straight at you. So, um, 
Yeah, they. I, I think they'll be fine. This team has really embraced that one game at a time approach. I think the leadership's still very strong, uh, but Purdue's really good offensively. I mean, they're they're not great defensively, but they're really good offensively, and it's going to. I think this might be maybe the the biggest offensive or, or defensive test for the Iowa defense uh, remaining on the schedule. All right, so. Let everybody know, why does Trace McSorley always come up big against the Hawks? <laughs> you know, I, 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 a friend of mine texted me uh, before the game, uh, like on Thursday or Friday, and said, if McSorley beats Iowa, is he on the Mount Rushmore of most uh, mm-hmm. despised or hated guys or most difficult guys for of the Kirk Ferentz era? And I said, yeah, his mug's probably right there next to Antoine Randall L. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. just he just found ways to beat them, the and destroyed them a couple of years ago up there. I mean that was embarrassing, and that was Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley's show uh, last year makes the big play at the horn to to beat Iowa, and then uh, this year they don't win without his you know grit and toughness. I mean, kids just uh, he's really good, and you just tip your cap to him because. You know, he just he made plays down when they needed plays, and um, and they really rally around him up there. That whole team is kind of built around him. All right, last uh, thing on the front of football for you, Tom. In fact, no, we got some time. I wanted to get into basketball. There was okay. a there's super secret scrimmage over the weekend that's never real a uh, secret. Sounds like Iowa got beat by Missouri, who does not have Jonte Porter. Uh, your thoughts, what you're hearing. I, I know you got some good connections with the basketball program. What have you been able to unearth? Still there? Yep, yep, you got us? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, what I heard from, uh, you know, the Bohannon did not play. I got that confirmed this okay. morning. That he, he's, he's dinged up. Um, you know, C.J. Frederick didn't play. Um, he's got a rib issue. So, and Frederick's absence. Garza did play and, and, and uh, played pretty well, but limited minutes. Um, and Fran, in those those secret scrimmages, what he has told me in the past, and I didn't talk to him before this one, but I, I assume he just kind of does what he does. It's, he's really not all that you know concerned about the outcome. He wants things thrown at his team, and he, he'll kind of make some requests to the other, hey, throw some of these things at us. And it's more like a, a practice against somebody else, and the outcome isn't that big of a deal. So um, I, I don't—I I wouldn't get too worked up about, you know, if they lost by 10, 15 points, that they just, you know, kind of got out there and faced somebody that was different than them and worked on some of their things, and they were without, you know, I don't think there's any argument, one of their top three players on the roster right now. And um, and they did okay against a, a pretty talented. Uh, Missouri's still really talented. Uh, they're just maybe not, um, you know, a middle seed NCAA team that they would have been with Jonte Porter. Tom, some of the uh, I, I always it always cracks me up about this. Some of the preseason college basketball polls and. People get so hung up on on polls, and they always grow crazy if their team is like not in it, or 
They have the NCAA tournament way too early seeds already selected. Iowa does not appear in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're not even in the first four out. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to get excited about that, but I don't know what fans are expecting, so I'm asking you what you expect. I, you would think that they would be better than what they were last year in Big Ten play, but are you still on a wait-and-see basis? Um, I'm on kind of wait-and-see and also mildly optimistic just because I don't think they can. I don't think it, 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 while it is humanly possible, I don't think it is possible to be worse defensively than they were last year. I just don't <laughs> okay. think that's, that's uh, going to be in the cards. And, you know, Trent and I talked about that the other day, the, the, you know, the encouraging Ken Palm ranking of 35. Yeah. Uh, I saw John Gassaway from ESPN, who does a lot of the analytics stuff, at Iowa at 44 today in the country. So um, those are optimistic numbers for me. Now, having said that, I think Ken Palm that would put him eighth in the Big Ten, and I think Gassaway had him ninth. So <laughs> wow. it's, it's all relative. I guess, uh, but a lot of those Big Ten schools were clustered in the 30 to 45, 47 range, I think, uh, in Gasoy's, uh, uh column today. So, uh, you know, there's you can bounce up and down quite a bit and end up being fifth instead of uh, instead of ninth. I, I do think this team's going to be better, but you know, they what I've heard is Bohannon's injury is not um, not serious, but it, it might linger a bit, um, so they're being extra, extra careful with him. It's not his foot again, uh, which is a good news. It's not the plantar fascia, so um, I think he'll be fine. We're really going to learn a lot about this team when they face Oregon. That's in, in Madison Square Garden. I, I think that's where we find out that this team really takes some steps uh, offensively and defensively, especially defensively. Uh, or did they? Uh, are they still the same team? If they get drilled and get a hundred hung on them by Oregon, which is which is possible because Oregon's got some really good offensive players, then I, I think you can probably rightfully hit a little bit of a panic button with this team early in the year. Tom, uh, one more on the basketball front, and remember, twenty-game conference schedule at the Big Ten is substantially better. You know, ten and ten in conference might be able to be enough to uh, put yourself in position as long as you win some of those non-conference games that you talked about: Oregon, either Syracuse or UConn, of course, Iowa State, and a few more in there. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on the fres- freshman. No, not CJ Frederick, who you mentioned didn't play after he got the rib injury, taking a charge in practice, but. What is the expectation level that you're going to see out of Weiss Camp this season? What 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 are your expectations for him? Uh, boy, I tried I'm trying to figure out a number to get him for points, and I, I'll say this: he's going to be really good. It would not surprise me if he averaged about four rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a really good rebounder. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he shoots 37 plus percent from three. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he averaged 10 points a game. I, I think that's a completely fair expectation for him. Uh, and uh, just because I've seen him play a lot, uh, I, he's in the starting lineup. I, I don't think there's any way he's not a, a starter. If he doesn't start right away, he's going to start fairly soon in the season uh, because he's that good. And I think they're going to probably play him at the three 
because he is a very good rebounder from that position. So, uh, and uh, he's just he's a real talent, and he does everything well. And uh, I think Iowa fans are going to really enjoy watching him play on a nightly basis. Going to have a little more help than he did in high school, no doubt, with the Hawkeyes this year. Hey, Tom, as always, thank you for your time. We'll hear you tomorrow night on the Hawkeye Huddle. Okay, thanks, guys. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com joining us here. Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Well, Jim, tonight, one of your squads, the Buffalo Bills, are in action. We'll get your thoughts. They can knock down the behemoth that is the Patriots. Doesn't look very good. They're a two-touchdown underdog in that one. We'll get into the Monday night game. A look back at the NFL coming up next here as we continue on. It's Jimmy B and TC on the champ. Back with you one final time. Jimmy B and TC with you until 2 o'clock today. Well, Jim, uh, an interesting day in the NFL. Haven't had much time here to talk about it. A lot of Iowa and Iowa State conversation early in the program. So let's get into it, and we'll get get, uh, your thoughts on the Monday Night Football game. But let's just uh, make a quick run around here, what we saw uh, with the locals. Starting down in Kansas City, big lead against Denver. Broncos came back a little bit here, but four more touchdown passes out of Patrick Mahomes. I'm running out of superlatives to just describe what an unbelievable player he is, Jim. Uh, It's like watching a video game, and they are so much fun to watch. And as long as his weapons stay relatively healthy, Trent, I don't see anybody really slowing them down, maybe other than... If they, if they were matched up against the Rams or New Orleans or maybe New England again, maybe Houston's defense might be able to slow them down a little bit. But to me, that's, that's about it. And Mahomes is playing with such great confidence right now. This is, this is a team that will just flat out outscore you. Their defense, as we saw late in the game, still continuing to struggle. Not the greatest defense that Kansas City has had, but their offense is so good and they can continue to put points on the board. Once again, Trent, the NFL has changed dramatically in the last few years where it used to be defense wins championships. Now the offense will win you titles. It'll be Cleveland this week as they go on the road to face the Browns. The Browns house cleaning today. Hugh Jackson out. Todd Haley out. Oh, boy. And uh, the the murmurs continue for Lincoln Riley to take over that post over there. Going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And and my hope is, and I haven't seen if they have announced who the interim coach will be, I hope it's the big offensive line coach, Wiley. I just want to see him on the camera a lot more. I know. Man, oh man, oh man. That guy's a heart attack waiting to happen. He oh. really is. He's boy, they gotta get they gotta do something for that guy. But it is pretty funny when he was in uh, on hard knocks and he would do his hut hut <laughs> and his whole belly shakes when he does that. I look, that's that's made for T V viewing, I, I can tell you that right now. Uh, in the NFC North, three losses. The Vikings, Packers, and Lions all go down. The Bears with the win. They're back in first place. Jim, uh, I'll tell you, I had to listen to the second half of the Bears game through static as we were out at a church event. So went back and uh, had it DVR'd, watched the, the portion, the second half of the game that I missed. Kind of a boring game overall, but did what they needed to. You know, Trubisky was fine. He was okay. They ran the ball a lot more. With uh, more with with uh, Jordan Howard, I was happy to see that, even though he didn't get going in a big way. Just uh, a workmanlike effort, kind of ho hum, but a win's a win. You just take those in the NFL. 
No, you do that. Yes, it doesn't matter if it's pretty or ugly in the National Football League. And, and fans can say, God, that was a horrible game to watch. Well, did your team win? Yeah, but it was no. No, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. The National Football League is the pinnacle of football. It is hard to win. Hard to win and win consistently. So from that aspect of it, Trent, yeah, no, you take the money and run. It's kind of like you throw a 25 cents down, because that's about all I would bet, on the blackjack table, and you hit blackjack. I pick up the I pick up the chip, and I'm gone. I'm out the door right then, because I won. 25 so cents to win just, 37 with your blackjack? That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm gone, man. I'm, I'm, I'm headed out. I'm buying an ice cream cone someplace. So with that aspect of it, you have to understand – it doesn't matter what the game looks like. Look, as fans and as reporters of games, do we like to see it wild and crazy? Absolutely. Yes, we, we pay big money. Well, I don't. But we pay big money to be entertained. And then if you're not entertained and it's a real boring game, you feel like you got cheated despite the fact that your team won. Just take the win. Shut up and accept that your team now is in first place. Jimmy B., uh, the Packers take a loss, played really well for stretches of that game. Yes. Disappointed that we didn't get to see Aaron Rodgers with the football after that fumble from Montgomery on the kickoff return. But uh, I walked away, even in a loss, maybe more impressed than I had been with this Packers team. You know, they played lights out uh, the best that they could play. Montgomery did cost them the game. He took away maybe the best quarterback ever in leading in the last-moment comebacks in Aaron Rodgers not to get his hands on the ball. For the life of me, Trent, I have no idea what the dude was thinking when you get the ball uh, at the 25 coming out of the end zone, and he decided to run it out and take that gamble, which was obviously uh, not good for him, and the outcome the Rams winning. I I was impressed with how Green Bay played. Aaron Rodgers looks healthy again, and that's that's dangerous now for the National Football League. And I I can't wait. I, I just cannot wait now for Green Bay and New England. Uh, I just think that's going to be one of the wildest NFL games that we could see. I in fact, Trent, I think it could be something like we saw in New England and Kansas City. I have a feeling it could be. To that, if, if if it's hyped correctly, and I know that it will be because it's Rodgers and Brady, mm-hmm. I, I just have a feeling that the game might live up to that hype, just like New England and KC did. And uh, one more, the Vikings last night, uh, those first two possessions, both teams went up and down the field. Too many mistakes, though. Offensive line had some concerns, as we've talked about in the past with this Vikings team. Impressive win out of the Saints. But again, don't want to read too much into it. After the Minneapolis miracle, you know, this is one that the Saints had circled. I'm not overly concerned with the Vikings right now. How about you? I'm not overly concerned. Look, they can move the ball. They made mistakes. Uh, Look, Drew Brees, what can you say about him? How old's Brady? Is Brady 41 now? Something like that, yeah. And and Brees is 39? Uh, is, Is this old farts are us now that are the stars again of the NFL? I mean, this is absolutely incredible, the shows that these guys are putting on. And Drew Brees was spectacular again in victory last night for the Saints. Finally tonight, Jimmy B., give us your thoughts. A team that used to cover extensively, the Buffalo Bills. 
They're a two-touchdown underdog. It's a ton of points in the NFL. Still, uh, it's just it's a struggle to anticipate this Bills team being able to do much of anything. And here's the thing. It's a home game for Buffalo. They're going to be playing on the lake in beautiful Orchard Park, New York, where the stadium is located. And look how bad the Bills are. Oh, my God. This is a train wreck upon train wrecks. And, look, I... I, I don't know what to say, Trent. I know that the Pagulas who bought the team, uh, everybody thought, well, he's got more money than anybody, and he'll bring in the... No. They have gone cheap in a lot of areas. They have made mistake after mistake with the talent that they have. And Josh Allen, who they hiked the uh, quarterback that they drafted out of Wyoming, not playing. So this is... It, it's. I mean, it's... It says Tom Brady's going to throw for 400 yards tonight. Uh, he might, and and New England will win the game. Uh, but uh, here's 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 where here's where I'm kind of caught between. Does Belichick just go out and truly embarrass them, or if they're up big by 25 or something late in the fourth quarter, does he call the dogs off? Where are you on that? Oh, I, uh, Gronk, you don't want to get him injured. You know, Gordon's no, you a little bit banged up. I, I I could see this being reined in a little bit. You get up three scores, you're up 17, 21, 24, whatever it is, and, and they just kind of pull back a little bit. You wonder what Buffalo's going to be able to do offensively. Yeah, I, maybe this is one. Maybe I'll, I'll tease uh Tease it down and make it down to New England minus seven and the under. I think it's a forty-four. Tease that down to like fifty, something like that. That might be the play uh-huh. of my night. That that might be the direction okay. that I'm heading. We will see. Well, if you're out and about tonight, you're uh, looking for the game. We have you covered here on seventeen hundred. The champ as we have every Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night football game on our radio airwaves, and we'll have it here this evening. That does it for the program today. And coming up here this afternoon on your drive home. We have the drive with myself and Wolfgang. We'll bring you home from 4 until 6 o'clock. A lot going on. Certainly more on Iowa, Iowa State. We're talking college football with Adam Kramer. He'll be in. College basketball talk with CBS's Matt Norlander. All coming up in the program today. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple of hours with the drive from 4 until 6. Tiki and Tierney is next on 1700 The Champ.